0: On this week's episode, the bad guys steal the box office, is Halo prepared for battle, and how long is too long for a video game? All this and more as we once again delve into the Pop Culture Cosmos.
1: Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos.
0: And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you could like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanic Media, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, The Lakers Fast Break, PopcultureCosmos.com, and everything that we do right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos because we're the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook. In fact, we have a game running right now in the Scarred Earth that DM Mitch is running right now. So you can go ahead and check it out today at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. Plus, we have the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every time out right there for you at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend. He is our own bad guy for Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to check out what he's doing today at popculturecosmos.com humanica media with his great shows the super bs games and the back episodes of topic Ocalypse, plus his great book congratulations you suck which is available today at barnes and noble and amazon it is my good friend it is josh peterson what's up man
1: what is up? I'm about to go see Fantastic Beasts, and I want to see what this movie's all about, and I'll have some thoughts next week, but excited, you know? I got my wish. I told you last week I wanted to go check this thing out, see if I can uh, sort through what's anger about the author versus anger about the film, and I'm going to do mm-hmm. that. It's my mission. Well,
0: that's your mission, and you're going to see if you can cut through it to see whether or not it is... Worth your time out there in theaters. I still think that they're going to go ahead and finish the five movie arc for <laughs> The Fantastic Beast. Whether or not it all ends up on the big screen is still yet to be debated, but
1: yeah, it's sitting at like 207 million right now. So, I mean, yeah, technically, so it's not, it's in the... I
0: mean, for this period of time, it's not a bad result, but it is the lowest by far for yeah. any of the Harry Potter yeah. related movies.
1: I mean, technically, they're in the black, right? When you say you're in the black, that means you're profitable. But,
0: uh... man, Well, remember the old rule. The old rule in Hollywood is three and a half times to one, whatever the production budget was. So I don't know if the production budget was 100, 150 million. So if that's the case, then they still need a little bit more to go before they. Start I think
1: that stuff. I read is sitting at like $200 million was the budget for the film.
0: Then, yeah, it's going to take a little bit more than that to go ahead and get it into the black, if that's the case. Because you got to talk about as far as the distribution of the film and, of course, the promotion of the film as well. So we'll see what happens there. But, yeah, usually it's two and a half to three and a half times to one as far as the ratio of what you need to make over what it costs as far as the production is concerned. That's usually the ratio that that I've been taught or learned over the years. So, we'll see. You never know Warner Brothers in the end may be able to fudge the numbers to make it look good, but we'll talk about that as the man himself, Mr. Josh Peterson, goes ahead and checks it out and he'll let us know his thoughts on the Fantastic beast next week on the show. But for this week's show, we got a lot of good stuff lined up including our own box office recap. That's coming up in a minute. Speaking of Fantastic Beasts movie that's come out has an appearance by none other than Ezra Miller his appearances in Hawaii seem to be always going wrong so we'll talk about if it is time to go ahead and cut bait on Ezra Miller and Josh's idea for a replacement he got in trouble too so we'll talk about that coming up here in a minute Halo had its episode 5 and one of its first real battles of the series since episode 1. We'll talk about if we liked or what we didn't like about Halo episode 5, Tokyo Vice episode 6 and 7 coming up here in a bit as well. The new Star Wars video game that was announced from SkyDance has a familiar face that's going to be a part of it. We'll talk about how we should be excited for the new Star Wars video game coming up in the future most likely, but with a familiar face And that's coming up on the show as well. Plus, Josh and I will be talking about a game being too long. Or is it? How long is too long of a video game? We'll have that conversation on the show as well. But first, my friend, it is the box office. And... Wow, not an overwhelming number by any stretch of the imagination because you had a lot of competition at the box office. You had a lot of movies out there to check out. In fact, you are gonna go ahead and check out one here in a little bit, as far as that's concerned. So I wanna hear your thoughts on this. With the box office here domestically, the bad guys has seemingly taken the top spot for this weekend. Looks like it's gonna be just under twenty five million, which is not a huge amount. I know that nobody's doing backflips over Universal over it, but it is something that, again, did take the top spot. Could be something that leads into a series for the bad guys. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 held firm. Fantastic Beasts kind of dropped way too much as expected. But The Northman finished number four, and unfortunately, Nick Cage, in a movie I was really rooting for, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, that came out in Fizz. So your thoughts on this? The Northman is getting a lot of acclaim. It's actually a lot better than what I thought. It actually has got an 80 on Metacritic right now, so it's very well thought of. The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, that's also garnering some acclaim, but not a whole lot of moviegoers. It's, they're kind of like treating both these films as arthouse films. When it comes to what you see in the box office this past weekend, the big numbers and the big drop for Fantastic Beasts, The Northman and the Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, Maybe they should decide to go on streaming instead.
1: So the Northmen both Northmen and Unbearable Way to Massive Talent, like these are films that weren't advertised at all. Like they you you go on TV, don't see any trailers, you go like out in public, there's no posters or anything for these movies, not even at the movie theaters. So I
0: saw massive talent ads. I didn't see too much in the way of the Northman outside of what IGN was putting out there for them.
1: The massive talent, like I didn't see anything except for like internet banners and the little like 30 second clips they should make you watch before you turn things on on like ign and stuff but mm-hmm. outside that i didn't really see much advertising for it i've seen the trailers for it i mean it looks hilarious i i do i would like to check it out at some point and the northman looks amazing but yeah they both do look like art house films you know like those things that are outside the realm of people who like to just watch the big budget films the northman from what i understand is kind of an more of an art house film because it's it's slower and it's darker and it's not what you think it is, but it still looks like a very beautiful film. And I'm, I'm really like itching to see that one. I still got to watch the green Knight too. Like that's another one in that vein. That was something I meant to watch.
0: I did watch the green Knight. It is good. It does stretch itself out a little bit too thin at times, but Mm -hmm. it is, it is a pretty good flick. I I did enjoy it. I think you'll probably enjoy it too. And the Northman, I am going to catch. I, Last week, I, I thought, well, you know, I heard that maybe it's not gory enough, but then it's got a rated R, so I'm not tr- figuring out why that is. Then I read more into it, and then I, yeah. I actually find out it actually is being rated very highly, so I'm like, okay, I think I might be able to give this a try. I think I want to go ahead and see what it's all about because it's going to take that – is it a Viking movie? Is it not Viking movie? But yeah. whatever kind of movie it is, it's still going to be something I think I want to check out.
1: Right and it kind of reminds me of that tone of There Will Be Blood like you go into a movie like that expecting it to be one thing but they subvert you by making it something that's truly like story and dialogue character developed focus instead of like a, a spectacle for you to kind of like a visual feast it's more like narrative and it's focused on the more like artsy side of film and I feel like Ethan Hawke's having a renaissance of his career right now You know
0: it right? Yeah. Tell me about it. Well, he isn't in the movie long in the Northman. I do know that. I know that
1: his uh, as time though, like that. Yeah, he,
0: he Oh, of course, cuz he's a name out there, but he does get some time in. I do believe he plays the father of Alexander Skarsgård. So, I think something happens to him from what I'm seeing is that's the impetus of what drives the Northman mm-hmm. as far as that. And I won't go into too many more spoilers because I know not everybody has seen it yet, but It is getting some really good reviews, so I want to go ahead and restate that, so I'm going to go ahead and check it out. I know Josh wants to as well, but the bad guys, let's say this, I mean, yes, I know $25 million at the box office is not an overwhelming number, but at least it's a start that maybe will garner some interest. Maybe it'll be a nice holdover when Doctor Strange 2 comes out, that it'll be like, anti-programming for it that it might actually be something that people might go ahead and check out or if it's going to be a fight for family dollars as far as the family going out and checking one movie or another they may stick with sonic the hedgehog 2 instead
1: you know this one was a weird one for me i didn't know sonic 2 came out but this one when i saw because good animated films in theaters let alone are a dime a dozen when I saw the trailer for this, I just assumed, I guess, that it was going on to some streaming service. You know, I thought it was yeah. maybe Peacock or whatever. I didn't know that it was Universal. I was assuming it was DreamWorks, is that's what it, it is.
0: It's me. it's DreamWorks, yeah. I should say, okay. I, but they're working in, in unison with Universal on this. Oh, I think it's, yeah. it's, it's like the Boss Baby. It's yeah. The,
1: yeah, okay, yeah, maybe they are because I know that DreamWorks is really into those like computer animated films, and those yeah. ones they're hit or miss. Like they're usually really big hits or they're flops like our over the Hedge. it, it is was,
0: universal pictures though with dreamworks on this okay
1: yeah. okay because i know like over the hedge was something that was like oh okay that was all right and then you have something like shrek which is just you know people go bonkers over it so it's their movies are hit or miss but that being said like i, I did like i said i saw the trailers for this but i didn't assume that this would be something in theaters let alone you know make anything that would make it a, a contender but i know there's Certain interest groups out there that are really into things like this, as well as you know, this is meant probably meant to be marketed to kids, but I also hear that's more of like an adult oriented film as well. So it's a very, I don't know what where the market niche is.
0: So it is PG, so it can't be that really risque. So, yeah, but it does feature an all star cast. The only thing is so funny because somebody pointed out to me the other day that Mark Marone is one of the main voices in this outside of Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Craig Robinson some really familiar voices in there, but Mark Marone's in it. And somebody pointed out to me, isn't that the guy from the podcast? And I'm like, yeah, that's the guy for the podcast. It's the guy, he does actually do work outside of the podcast that he's well known for. So which lot of, of
1: what podcast is
0: Mark Marone. He is one of the Kings of podcasting. So I'm glad mm-hmm. you haven't listened to it. So yeah, he's a comedian, uh, but yeah, he actually has a, a major podcast that's one of the top podcasts that are out there. So, the WTF right. with Mark Morone yeah. podcast. Yeah. It's always him or Joe Rogan that are right behind us as far as popularity is concerned. Oh,
1: absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We're absolutely. we're number one. There you go.
0: Absolutely. With a bullet. It is the bad guys. They are stealing the top spot here domestically at the box office. Again, it's not a huge number, 25 million, just under that. But still, they do capture the top spot. But it seems like there's a lot of choices for people out there, whether you want something more darker as far as what you're seeing with the Northmen. You can even catch The Batman still in theaters or on HBO Max. I caught it on Monday. really enjoyed it. I will say that also as well, the unbearable weight of massive talent with Nick Cage, if you're into that Nick Cage renaissance. I'm really hoping that he gets back into some sort of limelight after struggling for so many years with all those vod movies that he did so i'm hoping that he
1: he turned down a lot of big parts too like the the matrix and lord of the rings like all could have changed a lot for him
0: it could have but he didn't want to go overseas for those extended period of time Mm -hmm. so he didn't want to go ahead and and spend time in australia or new zealand for that long of a time that it needed to go ahead because the member lord of the rings was filmed back to back to back and yeah. then the Matrix films, well, the first Matrix film was obviously something that they didn't know was going to be hit, but then they filmed, I believe, the second and third movies back-to-back, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, yeah, yeah. those were
1: years after the first one, too. Yeah,
0: that's true. That's true. Good point there. But it is the bad guys eking out a win over Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Fantastic Beasts with its big drop, but could Fantastic Beasts find a fan in josh he'll let us know on next week's show but shares your thoughts on the box office if it's something that you want to go ahead and check out is there a movie before dr strange and the multiverse of madness drops is there a movie right now you want to go ahead and check out at the theaters please let us know pop culture cosmos at com. you're listening to the pop culture cosmos don't touch that dial wait do, do people still use dials for the latest news and information analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA. Check out the Lakers fast break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Well, there's so much more to talk about on today's program, my friend. (laughs) Okay. Word of advice. If I was an agent for Ezra Miller, just stay away from Hawaii, man, just stay away from Hawaii
1: just stay away from everything like this guy is like he's gonna the, be kicked
0: off the islands man
1: he's like the a kid who walks into a store and you have to constantly tell them to stop touching things like he just can't help himself i don't understand like how is he able to keep both of his franchises yet johnny depp gets fired from the harry potter movies like how does that make any sense whatsoever
0: it might not be for long that Ezra Miller keeps his job in the Fantastic Beast movies along with Johnny Depp. And Johnny Depp is someone, it was interesting because in the trial, he mentioned that he is no longer part of the Pirates of the Caribbean movie series, if that ever gets back underway. And that's mm-hmm. something I wanted to pose to you at Pirates of the Caribbean, but I'll do that here in a second now that we're touching on it. But it is Ezra Miller who got arrested once again in Hawaii for second degree assault. I know it feels like a police blotter on the show, but with the Flashpoint movie coming up at the end of this year, it's still scheduled, amazingly enough, for the end of this year, which is very interesting to see. I want to ask you this. Is it time for DC to cut bait? I think it is. I think that the second, yeah, I think it's time. I just think it's really time to go ahead. Yeah,
1: absolutely. You know, they can do, they can get rid of him. They can either incorporate the Barry Allen from the CW show, which a lot of people really, really want. I'm thinking the, that. Yeah, yeah. Or like I pointed out last week on the show, that Barry, Barry Kogan. Barry is that Keegan. Yeah. Keegan. Who yeah plays,
0: he, he's in the Batman for just like 10 seconds. You don't get a really good look at him as the Joker. And actually, after I heard him, maybe that's probably the best because I'm not really getting into his Joker. And I oh, saw it. Yeah. I've, I saw I've, the extended cut with the scene with him that they cut out. Yeah, it's just.
1: Yeah, me. I got like 45 minutes left of that movie. And I'll talk about that at a later date. But we talked about this, right? Like he has the Ezra Miller yeah. facial structure. So I feel like he could easily jump back into those reins, too. But
0: he just got arrested for disorderly conduct.
1: Really? What is yes. uh, What is going on with these like Warner Brother actors, man? I don't know.
0: I don't know. Man. He's on the Marvel side, too, with the Eternals. The Eternals.
1: Uh, yeah, that's yeah. right but you know he
0: could just he could just say okay i had too much to drink i'm gonna stay on the right good and he's still still
1: whereas ezra miller on the other hand has uh, had quite a few things but this is a good opportunity you know for them to do the flashpoint get rid of ezra miller robert pattinson makes a bad bruce wayne but a really good batman so i think that if they were to like pull all those universes together or whatever, and kind of just reboot and restart. Because I know that the people buying Warner Brothers had mentioned that they want Superman to have a bigger part. And everyone's like, oh, is Henry Cavill coming back? Nobody knows. But there's so much that they want to redo now that they own Warner Brothers. So this might be a good spot for them to do that with the Flashpoint's capability to just overwrite everything.
0: It is, it is. I am rooting for Grant Custard. I am really. Oh, absolutely. Impressed. The reason why is that, again, I've over the years, and you know this—you've been the brunt of this as far as hearing me over the years, really lambaste the CW as far as all their DC shows and how the fact that nobody sees it—they've got like the minuscule of minuscule ratings—and yeah. the one success that they've had out of it, I think of anything, maybe you could say Arrow is actually The Flash. It is their cornerstone show.
1: For eight seasons, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: It is something, you could say maybe Supernatural, or that was like, how many years? like Seasons for 15? You know, season
1: 14 or something. Yeah, something
0: know? like that. Yeah, I mean, okay, yeah, you could go ahead and say that. But really, of the series that they have out there, The Flash is the showcase for them. And Grant Gustin seems like a good kid. He seems like someone that really is wanting to be a part of the flash i mean he recently signed on for another year another season so i really think the kid should be the way it shows that the dc tv stuff would not be all for loss because i think when it comes down to it eventually they're going to have to do something where they're going to have to move all the stuff over to hbo and discovery just Mm -hmm. showcase it there i know it's there anyways but i mean showcase it there as far as first run Because CW, the minuscule ratings, I don't know how much longer they can go ahead and tolerate that. But you do have Grant Gustin. I think he could be a success story if he actually becomes The Flash after Flashpoint.
1: Yeah, and he's earned it from the years that he spent doing The Flash. His show, like his acting alone, he's a very endearing character and he's a very endearing actor. And just his prowess on that show has kept the CW afloat, in my opinion. So I think that he has earned a chance to do this. What would also be kind of neat is to have Green Arrow DCU and have Steven Amell do it because I I was really pushing for that back when they are bringing everything together, but he's in ww or WWFw whatever it's called w,
0: now. Yeah, WWE. But he, yeah, he's not really involved with that too much yet at this time. Maybe he'll get more involved now that Cody Rhodes is there, but we'll wait and see on that. So we'll speculate on exactly what's going yeah, on yeah. with that universe. But yeah, there's still a lot, like you said, that needs to be fixed now that the mergers happen happening and they took care of a lot of things the warner brothers discovery the cnn plus they decided to go ahead and pull the plug on that Mm -hmm. they're probably going to move all those shows over to hbo max discovery are they going to make it a discovery front-faced streaming platform or they're going to make it HBO? i think they should stick with the hbo face and then mold all the cnn plus and discovery plus into that personally that has the most numbers absolutely
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that Discovery though has so many channels under its umbrella cuz I have Discovery Plus. I have kind of a sucker for like shows that show how people build swim pools that I'll, swimming pools that I'll never be rich enough to afford. But when you turn on Discovery Plus, you see like HGTV, DIY, yeah. Discovery, Animal Planet, like you select which network you want to watch. They just have to figure out like how to design the face of it so it doesn't feel overwhelming but still is able to incorporate all those great shows that people love from all those i networks. think
0: disney plus does a good job of that when you go there and you see the different channels that it has as far as marvel dis- star wars national Geographic, right.
1: it's very clean disney Plus's interface is very clean like i struggle with hulu because it is absolute chaos when you turn on their interface but and
0: hbo max has a lot of chaos going on there's a lot of big name movies and television shows that i don't see right away or that i have to search out and if i don't know about it i won't know it's there which i think is a problem i think their interface has to go ahead and be redone i think personally and i and hopefully that this merger will give them the opportunity to go ahead and do that they gave the axe to cnn plus which i think was all right i'd rather do it early on i'd rather do it early on they go ahead and drag things out, you know, because yeah. there's a lot of these streaming outlets that are struggling right now. And mm-hmm. they're just trying to go ahead and drag things out. And that's just not working out for anybody. So, yeah. It's, yeah. It, it, and yeah.
1: do you think anyone ha- actually has, I know it's a rabbit trail here, but do you think anyone actually has any interest in streaming news networks? Like, well, it doesn't matter whether it's CNN, Fox news, well, um, Fox
0: nation is there.
1: Oh yeah. Like do you, I, I personally, like I was reading, they have 10,000 subscribers. Cool. But why though? Like it seems like that's far too depressing to want to sit there and have to stream stuff like that over and over again. Well,
0: CNN Plus, the number of subscribers that you need to have in order to sustain the content that you have, it needs to be a big number. I mean, we're seeing right now with Netflix that has lost over 200,000 subscribers and more, considering what they lost from Russia, but also worldwide and domestically. They're hemorrhaging numbers right now. And of course, their stock dropped, what, over $54 billion in value in the past three days. It's amazing to see how much subscribership is driving these streaming platforms. You've got to keep that number high. And if you don't, You've got issues and you've got problems i mean right now hbo max is still on the rise they gained another three million subscribers they're at almost 80 million subscribers right there for you so it's still you've got to drive it forward you got to go ahead and keep those subscribers and when you're not that's a problem and like i said i thought hbo was smart and warner brothers was smart to go ahead and drop cnn plus if it wasn't making the numbers you know all these other streaming outlets if it's just not making the numbers cut your losses now because yeah. the, the losses are just going to pile up.
1: Oh, absolutely. And they have other banners that are going to be more profitable that you could easily just say like, "Hey, I want to take this CNN show and I'm just going to throw it onto HBO Max." You know, nobody yeah. cuz they have they've already got CNN programs They're too. all
0: together. So, or you could throw it on CNN the main channel.
1: Exactly. So why waste money holding a streaming network on your shoulders it's not profiting anything
0: i think it comes down to like with fox it was cnn and some of these others that oh all these other entities have a streaming platform we gotta have one too it just seemed like everybody wanted yeah. to jump on that train and you and i've been talking about this for over a year that eventually we would see the market oversaturated mm-hmm. we would see the market oh, just, it's yeah it's already happening so we would already see some fallout from it remember Quibi. That was out for like 10 minutes and just, yeah. weeby, well,
1: CNN, like it's the, gone <laughs> the their record. Yeah. Yeah. And plus, like if, if you look at it, it, it was a dumb idea from the start because CNN and Fox news, both their viewership numbers have been plummeting in the past couple of years. So yeah,
0: it's there for people, but it should be added on to a larger thing. Yeah. Be that as it may, it's still out there as far as the streaming wars continued. But I think that sends a message as far as with CNN plus and also Netflix about how these streaming platforms are going to go about their future, because it's very interesting to see some of the damage we're already seeing from these streaming wars, some of the fallouts we're seeing, and this should be a warning sign to the streaming platforms to make sure they just can't have everything. And then some, they got to go ahead and make sure they, they provide a value price. And they also have to make sure that they provide a lot of content for what you're getting.
1: Yeah, it was, I think there's one called Two like,
0: TV, the, All these other TVs yeah, off that working TV, off the stick? Yeah.
1: yeah, they have one where it's like it's paid for by advertisers, so it doesn't yeah. really cost them anything to uphold. And if people stop watching it and the marketing money goes down, they just keep cutting content off of it. Like it, it, it runs itself. So I mean that that's a good model. But yeah, if you're pumping millions of dollars into having. A streaming app like this and expecting a return on it you know you might be crazy unless you are hbo max or i mean like you said netflix is kind of flailing a bit these days well
0: netflix is considering doing the thing where they're going to go ahead and bring out like peacock does with a lower priced ad supported tier they're talking about doing that of course they've been threatening forever about the password sharing thing about putting the nicks on that as well so We'll see what happens with these streaming yeah. outlets. Yeah. So. We'll see what
1: happens to their numbers too when they do that. Because I guarantee you a lot of the views that they're getting are multiple household passwords. While watching them. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting.
0: It's going to be very interesting to see how this lays out. But Josh, I think you and Melinda and I got to get together for a special show one of these days on the streaming outlets and the streaming wars. to Really go into deep on that. I really would like to go ahead and do so because I think it will really be a special showcase for our listeners so we'll see what happens there. But one last thing before we hit the break is the Pirates of the Caribbean. I said I would touch on that. Is there a future, you think, for the Pirates of the Caribbean? I think there is still going to be a future for it. I know it's not going to be with Johnny Depp, but I think it actually could be something relatable on Disney+.
1: Yeah, I mean, that that's one of those things that it's just the magic of it is experienced in the movie theaters. I don't know if on a streaming platform that that's going to really do the grand scale of it justice. I know they're working on some of Margot Robbie who I, I'm not really a big fan of Margot Robbie. Like it has nothing to do with Harley Quinn and all that. I just like, she's never done anything that's really wowed me. So maybe she will with pirates of the Caribbean, but I feel like Johnny Depp just, I feel so bad for the guy right now because he's just lost everything. Cause pirates of the Caribbean is just synonymous with captain Sparrow. And like he mentioned in his interviews, they've not stopped selling merch from him. They've not stopped selling His image he's still on the ride and all that so i don't know i feel like at this point if they want to have a clean slate with pirates of the caribbean they need to just reboot start it over reboot it for a new generation incorporate these new stars create a new storyline something that's not connected to the old pirate movies and go from there
0: well i will say before we head to the break is that there could be a, a series that could be in the works for pirates of the caribbean on disney plus i think it could be a success because we're already seeing one pirate show that you and i didn't care for that is garnering huge numbers on hbo max in our flag means death and that is pirate based even though very little of it is seen on the actual ship itself they do a lot of set work there but still it gives you that impression so i could see pirates of the caribbean doing something like that that's very similar on the disney plus platform but we'll wait and see well, what are your thoughts out there on all the streaming news that's going on and all the streaming action, the highs, the lows, the ins and the outs, and all the rumors and innuendo? Please let us know, popculturecosmos at yaku.com. Well, coming up after the break, Josh and I are going to be talking about how long is too long for a video game. And then we'll close out the show with some talk about Halo Episode 5, Tokyo Vice Episode 6 and 7, and a new Star Wars video game from a familiar face, that we certainly would love to see, once again, making a video game. That's coming up after the break. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show, and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy talk and Goodness. And this time we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, Holy Grails, playsets, what if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that, and of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show season two, exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. Well, my friend, there's still much more to talk about on today's program. You just finished Assassin's Creed Valhalla?
1: I did, yes.
0: Okay. And you were sending me messages during the entire time, especially when it got into the latter stages. fact you gave everybody updates you were in the 90 hour range here i think on last week's show
1: well you have completed assassin's creed valhalla
0: so how many hours did it take you
1: 113 hours and that was just like the main story well there's not really a main story in assassin's creed valhalla but in order to get to the end of like the main story you have to do a whole bunch of unnecessary tasks. I guess you would call them side quests. You know, you can't do all those in like an hour. Like they're anywhere from like two to five hours a piece. And then that's not counting like all the leveling up you have to do to be strong enough to complete those missions. So, yeah, I'm totaling in at about 113 hours. And yes, it's a good value for $60, but it just felt far too long you know and i remember like speaking to the guys on the super bs gamescast about this years ago and saying that like i see these companies they make these games so massive ubisoft is they're guilty for this all the way but they make these games so massive because they don't want you playing anything else for the rest of the year like the whole object of a watchdogs or assassin's creed is that you are playing their game only until the next one comes out and how is uh, that wrong And so that's the thing, like, I don't think it's wrong, but for somebody like me who has story OCD, like I have to play from start to finish. I can't just jump into another game. You know, like if I hadn't finished Assassin's Creed Valhalla last week, I wouldn't be playing Resident Evil right now because I don't have the ability to do that. So I I don't know, like how long is too long for a game? Because I remember playing games like Gears and Halo and what I loved about those was I can sit there and I can get through the campaigns in what six to 10 hours usually. So that's usually a week or two weeks, and I can just be done with that game. Whereas something like a even a Final Fantasy games, like I, Final Fantasy 15, I think I played through that one in about a month. Like that didn't take me anywhere near as long. I think that one was a total of about 40, 47 hours. So that one was like nowhere near as long as these Assassin's Creed games are starting to get. And so now, I'm starting to wonder, like you don't get anything added on to the story until you get to the end. So at what point does it become not worth it anymore to play an assassin's creed story, especially with a game that is not going anywhere. First of all, how long do you think is too long for a game?
0: That's a good question because ever since you pose that question to me, I've been thinking about that a, a lot as someone who played oblivion and currently has a hun- running time, I think in the 130 hour range. And I still enjoying it and I still want to play it and I still want to go ahead and experience it. I don't know if I can really answer that question. I mean, it all depends on, I think the game and the quality of what you do in it. I mean, I know uh, IGN just dropped an article. There was an op-ed in it in regards to Returnal and the fact that you have to, you know, if, if it's too tough and you have to, it, it doesn't have checkpoints and you have to go back all the way to the start and you're into right where you're play, where your spaceship crashes and, you have to go back through it again if you don't get through it the right way. And I think the person who wrote it said they were on their 100th time coming back down to the area because they're reliving the whole thing is because you have to go through so much without dying. And they're really getting fatigued by it. And that just tells me that, okay, it's something that they're not doing enough at house mark to keep it going after 30, 40 hours to make it challenging or interesting. For me, Oblivion, I'm always seemingly finding something interesting to do even uh, 130 hours in. And I think it's all dependent on the game, personally. I know that when we were covering the Order 1886 about how people were just so angry, had to pay $60 for a campaign that was five and a half hours, six hours long. And I know a lot of people were just roasting it. So it's on the other end of the spectrum. So I don't know if there's any real right answer, but if you're going through it, because you said you have story OCD and I've known you now for years, you have story OCD. It just seems like if it's just tiresome and you're just grinding and you're just grinding and it's no longer fun and challenging. Yeah, that's too long. But if you're still enjoying what you're doing a hundred hours in, is that too long? I don't know. I don't think there's really any one right answer. I just think it's where the developers go ahead and make challenges through the game. Okay. For someone who's gone this game, 50, 70 hours, Do we throw new things out there, or is it more of just the same?
1: Right. So, okay, I'm looking at a game like Mass Effect, right? Like, they have these side quests. I think a a typical Mass Effect playthrough is anywhere from, like, 40 to 60 hours, right? Depending on Uh how much exploration you do. In that game, though, the side quest makes sense because it adds to the mythology. This game has so many just, like, fetch quests and for some reason, like Odyssey Odyssey was okay because a lot of this stuff was intertwined into the main quest, right? Like you didn't, in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, you have to do, you know, your brother gets kidnapped and you have to go form all these alliances. I think there's like 15 of them and each has its own separate like story or chapter. And once you complete all those, then you can get like the legitimate ending, but they won't let you get that real ending until you do all these alliances. In Assassin's Creed Odyssey... It was just a mainline story. You just did that, and then you can kill all the people in the order if you want to. You know, that one made sense, but this one, like, England is such a drab place, and there's not in, I mean, not in real life, but in the game, there's just, like, so... Thank you for
0: changing that for our UK listeners out
1: there. No, I I, I, know. England's, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's a beautiful place, but, like, in the game, it's just, it's so, like, compared to Greece, it's so, like, dark and dreary. There's so much in this, like, small little continent that they put together here and there's no reason to go there. So they send you on fetch quests. Like you have a side quest that might take you all the way across the map. So just, it doesn't make sense to do something like that. Like it seems like they were in development. They're like, what do we do now? Like, how do we fill the rest of this game? So like, I can't really sit there and say, yeah, I enjoyed all my time with Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Like by the time I was done with it, I was like, oh geez, thank you for being done with this game. Odyssey, I didn't feel that way. I thought Odyssey was a great game because it was very, like, pointed in what it wanted you to do. Mass Effect, you know, going back to the side quests, they don't send you on a lot of fetch quests. Most of it's intertwined into your story or how the game's going to end or where you want to go. And they have mythology in there, right? Like, they tell you a little bit more about the world with everything you do. Final Fantasy VII, the fetch quests help you level up your character so that you are strong enough to face the last boss but the good thing about those is that you can do each quest in less than 10 minutes so you know looking at a game on this scale it's just I can't imagine like if I didn't have story OCD you know I couldn't justify finishing it you know I would probably get into it about 10 hours and if I didn't see an ending in sight I would probably put the controller down but I don't have the ability to do that so like Once I start a game like this, I'm stuck on it. And it just, it drives me insane because I feel like 113 hours, like I wasted so much time I could have spent playing other things.
0: Well, with the Returnal, again, that was uh, remarked on in IGN. I mean, the the price tag on it is $70 and we're going to have to get the realization that these games for the most part that are coming out, especially if they're AAA, they're going to be coming out at a $70 price tag for this new generation. People are going to have to get used to that people are going to want that money. If People are going to want that money invested in. People are going to want something for that money that they spent. And if that's the case, you're going to be seeing, hopefully anyways, a lot of games that are coming out that are 50, 70, 90, 130 hours long or infinite as far as is concerned, whether it's just a whole bunch of fetch quests or challenges that may be mundane to some people, that may be actually a good experience for others. Yeah. It's, just how much, it's just how much do you like to grind? I think with a lot of these games, in fact, one of my daughters with, with a lot of the games she likes to play is how much are you invested in the grinding of the game? Because I think with a lot of these games, that especially the free-to-play games and things of that nature that are out there, it's how much do you like to go ahead and sit down and grind? Because that's the way you go ahead and experience the game, especially for a lot of these free-to-play games. How much are you willing to grind? how much time are you willing to invest and how much time are you willing to spend on these games
1: right and you know you had mentioned elder scrolls like and i guess it it comes down to how much you enjoy the world also Mm -hmm. like with elder scrolls you could probably beat the main game in in less than 20 hours if you wanted to but there's so much extra to explore in there you know like there's just the world is so massive but it's also very beautiful and calming you know they got that soundtrack playing and you see like oh hey look there's like a dungeon or something up on top of that mountain i want to go check it out and so i guess like it, it all depends on how much you enjoy that world and the joining
0: the guild uh, mm-hmm. i mean the arena battles that i am in in the oblivion i became an arena fighter and i wanted to get into that and trying to prove my game there and Yeah, You know, it leads into a lot of other things or branches out that's not even related to the storyline.
1: Yeah, yeah, and there's so many different, I guess you can call them games within that game. And I think that in that case, like the extra time you pour into it is justified. But if you're like trying to get people to do quests or yeah, if you're giving side quests out just for the sake of getting someone to go across the map to see what else you've created in this world, I don't think that's a great strategy for getting people to, like, I don't know, what's the term I'm looking for? Where you stay in a replayability. I don't think that that's, like, a good way to go about that. Make every part of the map mean something. That would more justify the time that people are pouring into these games.
0: I cannot agree with you more because uh, on certain games because, like you said, it's just fetch quests or stuff that's bloated, stuff that's unnecessary, and takes away from the original great experience that you had. And then there's other games, especially these free-to-play games, where the goal, if you don't want to spend or invest money on it and cut the corners by putting the chunk of change into it, is grind and grind and grind and grind. And for me, a lot of those games are, like you said, hard to swallow after so many hours. And I don't have that OCD. I will leave if I'm not invested. I will leave and not come back. I'm pretty good about that as far as if you're not capturing my attention, I'll do something else. If that's the case, you know what? You've lost a customer right there. But you know, with you, I can understand that. It's hard for someone who wants to go ahead from start to finish and get into it, especially if you originally enjoyed it so much and it leaves a somewhat bittersweet taste in your mouth by the time you finished it 115 hours plus later.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so even, you know, I when I like playing DLC, and so in a game with a game like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, yeah, I'll probably go back to when, when some DLC comes out, but I don't want to. You know, it's not going to be something I'm going to jump on right away whereas like other games mass effect final fantasy whatever it might be those are games that like i love the story so much i wanted to go back the moment i was able to yeah
0: well I'll tell you what my friend there's so much to talk about in the realm of how long is too long for video game i mean because it goes from one end like we were talking about with the order 1886 and then it goes on the way on the other like you were talking about way on the other with assassin's creed valhalla so i will ask and put this out to you if you're listening to this and i want to hear your thoughts how long is too long for a video game please share us your thoughts pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com
1: hey this is chad from ghost toasters and you're listening to pop culture cosmos podcast
0: Or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. And we're back to close out the show. It's the Pop Culture Cosmos. Josh Halo Episode 5. They got into battle this time. But those special effects, man, it just seems like something's holding them back. I know that a lot of the stuff came around as far as what they had been trying to work towards, too over the previous episodes that you and I were struggling through, that some of it came to fruition as far as taking the emotion chip out of it, as far as with the Spartan soldier and her having issues, and, and then obviously the artifact that they found, the second artifact. Of course, the UNSC and all of their bumblingness lose it, end up getting it stolen by the Covenant. In the process, having a major battle that's supposed to give you the feel of the video games. It was, to me at times, a little bit cartoonish on the special effects. But your thoughts on Halo Episode 5?
1: So the, the special effects, I didn't really notice being a bad thing. After seeing all the... It reminded me of one of the old game trailers. You know, they show the live-action trailer for, like, Halo Wars or Halo 3 or whatever. The story really, like, bummed me out here because they have all these things. Like, the story seems very cheaply put together. A few of my critiques here is... One, we have the part where they lose the artifact. The whole thing with What's-Her-Name putting the gun grease in her hair and dyeing her hair red and all that. Like, her character was developing, and I kind of liked that. And then they kind of did this thing where... Oh no, it's so much blood. It's so much blood, right? And she does, she passes out and then Chief jumps off the moving warthog or whatever to save her. I like I, the I,
0: guy that's gurgling like, Ooh, blue, 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 blood right in front of it her.
1: Just, it didn't make any sense to me. Like, why that is like she's not experiencing war for the first time. Her just emotions are. She
0: said she was up to it. She's been in battles uh, before.
1: Right. Like, how do those threads come together? They don't, yeah. it, that doesn't make sense to me. The other one was it doesn't really make sense how he's able to like see his memories in the house, you know, without the help of Cortana or whatever, like that was, that didn't make sense. And then the whole thing with him, the worst part of the show to me was when, you know, he sees, he, he figures out what Halsey did to him as a kid. And they just show this dumb scene where he's, leaping through the air going, like, what were you going to do? Like, were you going to tackle her? Were you going to push her? Were you guys going to land on a slip and slide and (laughs) slide further into a swimming pool or something like that did not make any sense. Why show him sideways? Like any cool thing, I guess we just show someone walking up and like either choking them or like putting a gun to their head or something like was with the leap. Like that was dumb. That was really, really, really dumb to me. I'm sorry, like it, it it had some cool parts, but it just it still is not doing anything to make me feel attached to the story. And don't even get me started on the Quan and the other guy like the, I still that is beyond ridiculous to me. Like, I who cares? Why are you showing this to me?
0: Yeah, Exactly. I couldn't agree with you more. It's just a worthless plot storyline. Again, they they mixed all these elements that are familiar to video gamers that are into Halo and the Halo series and the Halo lore. And they just mix mashed it in its own narrative. And it, 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 you know, they sprinkled a little bit of familiar stuff to keep the, the halo fans interested. And I don't know, it just, to me, it just seems like it's been a waste of time so far. And again, the special effects, even though I finally got to a battle, finally a part where I really wanted to see, well, I was kind of interested in seeing, and I was kind of let down over and over by the, almost like they almost ripped it like from the video game itself and said, okay, we're going to superimpose this on you. And it, it just seemed like the covenant was floaty just covenant was just not really realistic yeah and i mean they're super sized in the series the yeah and you know just they're not that big in the video game master chief is seven feet tall if, if i'm not mistaken in the video game and in the, in the actual lore he's actually a very yeah. you know, here he's just like you know just like a regular average dude like just a little bit taller. You know?
1: Not winning any basketball games, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, it's so weird what they're doing with this show. And the fact is, again, if you are not a fan of the Halo series of games, this is more for you. This is better for you than what Josh and I are going through. But still, the floaty special effects, I couldn't get past. It was just really disappointing on that. Uh, You know, sometimes it's been hitting with the special effects. It's been pretty good as far as leading up to it. But once they get in the battle, I noticed that the first episode I complained about it and the fifth episode I complained about it. And they're the only two episodes that actually have real battles in it.
1: How did the artifact end up on the ground, but the Jeep still made it to where it was supposed to go? Like they didn't the warthog. Yeah, they didn't really explain how that happened or why that happened.
0: Yeah, I just, it's ridiculous right now with, with Halo. We're having issues with it, but we're going to keep on going through it. We're going to keep on trekking through it because we have a commitment to go ahead and supporting video game entertainment properties. So we will go ahead and continue to do so. But are you having the same issues we are with Halo? Please let us know. Are you enjoying it? Because if you are, more props to you. Please let us know your thoughts on Halo, Pop Culture Cosmos at Yahoo.com. A show that I find much more interesting is Tokyo Vice, episodes six and seven. I love the fact that HBO is dropping not one, but two episodes each and every week. Ansel Egord's character, not too bad. In the sixth episode, he gets set up. Information and a tip that he thought was reliable, unfortunately, was not as reliable as he thought, but it was for other reasons. And then you find out the other reasons in the seventh episode as the police officers involved, like Ken Watanabe, the great actor that he is, his police unit goes ahead and brings out another police unit as far as an officer that may not be working on the same side as the police officers. He may be working with the, the Yakuza, and that's drawn out in episode seven. So very interesting to see what takes place. This still, this the side story of this American young lady that's trying to open up her own club and... I know it's loosely tied into the Yakuza because the main Yakuza... Has that gotten that, any
1: better that whole side plot thing?
0: Not really, not really. But they devoted less and less time to it, so that's okay. I mean, but they're still devoting some time to it, which I find is a problem. But again, it's all leading into as far as the fact that the main star on the side of the Yakuza, this young Yakuza rising star in the ranks, he is good. He is really good and really one of the best reasons worth watching, along with Ken Watanabe... Also, as well, Rinko Kakuchi that you're familiar with from Pacific Rim. She was the co-star, along with Charlie Hunnam from Pacific Rim. She is fantastic in her role as a chief for the newspaper that Ansel Egger works at. So, yeah, just some great performances so far. And I think Tokyo Vice is really, really good. A really strong series so far, as long as it sticks on to the Yakuza part of the investigation, because then it becomes this crime thriller that is really hard to miss.
1: Okay. All right. I mean, it still sounds like it's got a lot of mystery and intrigue to it, like it's still packing a punch dramatically. So that definitely makes it sound like something that's worth watching. I still, I'd like to go watch it at some point. I keep seeing trailers for it as I'm going through the Batman. It's and, pretty uh, good.
0: It's pretty good. I, I yeah. give it a good rating.
1: Something interesting fell across my feed the other day. They had, I guess Ansel Agort did something a while back that he's been accused yeah. of. and. They kept questioning the cast members of West Side Story, and like they have these brand new actors on the scene who were hoping this would be their moment, but they just kept getting asked questions about Ansel. He's denied 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 the allegations. Yeah, so I still think he's a good actor. I don't know what he did or if it's true or not, but I still think that there's some talent that he's able to bring to certain things, and I'm glad this show is working out for him.
0: I'm glad the show is working out for him, too. But I'm again, those allegations, if they're proven correct, then obviously. Right. The,
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but yeah. I think, you know, these actors, I think we need to stray away from the system of like, hey, nothing's proven, but we're going to fire you anyways, you know, because we're creating this like Johnny Depp. Situation. But it, It's always
0: an image, man. It's an image it's, thing. Yeah,
1: right. yeah, I get that. I get that. It's just it's I don't it's know just an how, image how much talent is being just destroyed on the off chance that they. Well, we see with the latest
0: production from Aziz Ansari, I think his his directorial debut got held up because of an allegation on Bill Murray. So his career now is in question because of an allegation there to stop production on a movie that they were going to and be doing with Seth Rogen, him and Aziz Mm -hmm. Ansari in his directorial debut, who had some issues himself and allegations himself in the past. So it's a big issue in Hollywood, and it's something that you know you got to keep clean, you got to keep clear because if you don't, you know what, that can derail your career yeah, at any moment.
1: It's hard because everybody has a skeleton in their closet of some kind, you know, and not to say, not to justify what they're doing, but it's going to get to the point where there's like nobody left to be in movies, which might be good because that brings some new talent on the scene. But who knows, man? Who knows? It's just kind of we're reaching this point where they're eating their own, you know, it's kind of been, I guess, entertaining in a way to see all this go down
0: in two years i will be the next superstar out there no
1: avatar seven gerald glassford
0: oh there you go i'll take some of the avatar money what can i say there you go james cameron Sign me up
1: yeah but exactly.
0: it is halo and tokyo vice but if you've got some thoughts on tokyo vice if you are liking it as much as i am or if you're not please let us know pop culture cosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode, but before we head on out, Skydance announced a new Star Wars video game for their fledgling or just in a somewhat new phase as far as because Skydance Media really hasn't advertised themselves as a video game entity or video game production company, so they're really starting to get into it now as a video game production company, and there's a development studio and all that, and they're now announced a Star Wars game It's in development. With an old friend of ours, who we've been a big supporter of, none other than Amy Hennick, the creator of Uncharted. So I want to hear your thoughts on this. Amy Hennick has tried this before with EA, where she was in charge of a Star Wars video game. And EA, at that time, which was totally against single-player narrative-driven games, gave her the axe, only to go ahead and release star wars jedi order just a couple years later so your thoughts on this because i'm really excited that she's doing this again and that she's finally going to go ahead and be able to do this it's seemingly enough that she's going to be able to go ahead and complete a star wars game in her vision your thoughts on amy hennig returning to the world of video games and returning to the world of star wars as well
1: so, one, I feel like without her being fired and the backlash that they got for that, I don't think we would have had Jedi Fallen Order. I'm pretty sure, because that Jedi Fallen Order was the game that she was working on with Visceral. I think they just used recycled assets for that, because playing it, it does have the look and feel of an Uncharted game. Yeah, so that being said, I am beyond excited to see what she's going to be coming up with, because I guarantee you we're going to get that action-packed narrative-driven experience that we were hoping for originally and you know with both Jedi Fallen Order and whatever she's got coming out here I think it's going to be a very great opportunity for for Star Wars games you know and whether they're published by EA or Skydance or whatever or I think they're still published by EA but they're just being developed by Skydance But you know I think that there's a great opportunity for them to really expand on the Star Wars mythos especially with whatever the future holds for star wars right now everything seems very uncertain outside the streaming platform so any opportunity to expand on that mythos and i actually also heard a rumor that they're working on force unleashed three at some point but yeah we'll see what happens with this but are you excited about it i'm excited you know me man my gosh how long have we been doing the show
0: how long have we been doing the show man long time do you you know my love for uncharted besides the movies and i did go see the movie And I can't stand the movie, but I still support the movie just because I can't stand it doesn't mean I, again, goes back to that supporting video game entertainment thing. But you know how much I love the games and that she started and the vision that she had for the games. I know it was taken over and I know it's still on a good path for Uncharted if they go ahead and decide to revisit it. But yeah, I'm excited for this. I just want to go ahead and see something good in the Star Wars universe. Jedi Fallen Order has been a great way to go Mm -hmm. ahead and get back into Star Wars video games. And I expect nothing less with a game that's produced by Amy Hennig that's going to be in the Star Wars universe to be something that we're really going to end up enjoying very much. So, yeah, I'm really excited for it. Yeah, cannot wait. Cannot wait. Yeah. But your thoughts out there on a Star Wars video game that's being produced by Uncharted creator Amy Hennig. Please let us know your thoughts. Pop Culture Cosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode as always. We're talky talky and we didn't even have a chance to go ahead and add some stuff I wanted to add in, which we'll talk about next week, which I'm really excited for. I won't mention what they are. You already talked about your Fantastic Beast thoughts coming up, but also a great episode coming up with my good friend and fellow NAB person that's going to go with me to NAB this week, and that is Melinda Barkhouse-Ross. She is going to join me on the Friday show, so I'm looking forward to that, but Any last thoughts before we head on out?
1: I think we got it all covered.
0: I'll tell you what, if you are in NAB this week, please go ahead and give me a shout-out, give Melinda a shout-out, shake our hand, tell us hi, do what you can to say you like the show, because we really love to hear from you. We're really looking forward to a great week at NAB and also a great week right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great. listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast.
1: Tangent Found Network. Let your voice be heard. Tangentfoundnetwork.com. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.